John chapter 5, um, reading, reading from verse 1. John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the sheep, pool, sheep gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, um, uh, Claire, for your prayers. Uh, I say amen to them, as well as everybody else. Um, thank you, whoever chose the songs this morning. I think they have built us up wonderfully to the uh, passage that we're about to study. Uh, it is about grace. Um, it's about many other things. Um, uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed the, um, uh, the video clip that... Uh, brought to life um, very vividly um, the first half uh, of the reading that uh, Ian did. Um, uh, we're going to look at the second half very much uh, in what we look at today um, as well. You'll know that we're in the middle of a, um, a series on signs, um, the things that uh, you could say quite spectacular things, amazing things that Jesus did and that are recorded in John's Gospel and John says that there's signs. Uh, and signs point somewhere. Um, uh, Friday last week, uh, we were coming home from uh, the Lake District, and there were, I think, there were some different sorts of signs that we saw. We saw some unexpected signs, and we saw some expected ones. And the unexpected ones, the first one was was that there was a uh, there'd been a, a fire on the M6, and this was going to cause a two-hour delay if we um, a two or three-hour delay actually if we had gone the route that we were planning to take. Um, uh, so uh, that's a warning sign, isn't it? Unexpected warning. Uh, and so we, um, 
we, we took a different route. Um, the next sign that, um, oh, another sign that we saw, uh, that we often see on journeys, is a new road layout ahead. Um, and uh, some of us uh, um, uh, stress at those signs, but in the end, those are good signs, aren't they? They're unexpected, but they're good. Um, we came uh, past the, uh, the bypass in uh, Beaconsfield, um, relatively recently opened, and uh, you know, we didn't have to go through the town. And then there are the expected signs, and absolutely my favourite, as we're coming down the hill from Amersham, is the one that says Chesham. Here we are. Um, that's, uh, that's reassurance, uh, that's everything that we've been waiting for, that's the whole purpose of our journey. Well, we've got all three types of sign in this passage. Um, uh, we've got an unexpected um, good news. Uh, this uh, man who was healed, he'd been sick for 38 years. Uh, we got an unexpected warning. What did Jesus tell him? He said, uh, uh, stop sinning or a worse thing may happen to you. And we have reassurance. For those of us who um, uh, want to know what God is like, Jesus brings him to us. Uh, he is uh, the one that we need. Um, and interestingly enough, these are signs. They're not um, miles and miles of uh, white and orange cones going down the lane, forcing you to change lanes. Um, you have to think about these signs and choose what to do. Um, uh, we, we thought and we, we chose. We, uh, we didn't get stuck in the traffic jam. We didn't um, go the old way through uh, Beaconsfield. Um, and we didn't just sail on to Berkhamsted when we got home. Um, uh, so um, let's get into the story then. So what does the story actually tell us? Well, um, the first thing that we see is actually uh, a scene of misery. Um, it could be beautiful, couldn't it? It could be so beautiful. You've got a hot, dry city, and in that city is a pool, and around the pool are colonnades. So you get shade and you get water, um, and that's a beautiful thing. And even the name is beautiful. Have you heard of many churches called Bethesda? Uh, even cities in America, maybe um, other parts of the uh, world. Um, it means the house of mercy. It's a beautiful name. Um, but where mercy is offered, people needing mercy come. And this was a sad scene. This was a scene of, uh, of, of people who were blind um, uh, and, and people who were paralyzed, uh, as it says in the text here. Um, and um, so, uh, and, and lame people. So they, they couldn't work and they had to beg. And they came here and uh, maybe they waited for able-bodied passers-by who could help them. Um, maybe they waited for uh, that uh, miraculous healing that uh, was, uh, was rumored to come uh, in the pool. And then as soon as we've uh, seen this scene, we zoom into this one man. Uh, and he's been there for 38 years. Um, and he's been an invalid, um, maybe paralyzed. Uh, that's not quite the same thing, is it? But he's been... Uh, uh, an invalid for 38 years. Um, we don't actually know how old he was, uh, and we don't know how long he'd been at the pool, but he, had, uh, he was well known there, um, and uh, um, it would be you know, well known that he, he was paralyzed, um, but he had no possibility of doing anything about that himself. Uh, and this would have been the scene pretty much every day. 
And, um, you know, there are places that we know where we could describe that scene, we could describe perhaps even some of the people there. But uh, this one day was different because Jesus came. And he found this man, and, um, and he, uh, he took pity on him, especially when he learned how long he'd been there. And he healed him. He healed him with just a word, as you saw there. Um, uh, he healed him immediately uh, and completely. Um, so completely that, um, as it was brought out very beautifully in the film, he didn't need his mat. He didn't need to keep a mat reserved there. Uh, he could take that away with him. Um, and it was a complete physical healing. I mean, he was obviously uh, in a <coughs> distressed state, but it wasn't just a talk. It wasn't just, uh, you know, look, you, if, you, if you look at things differently, you'll be able to get up. No, it was, it was physical healing. So um, this does not normally happen. Um, uh, the man... Uh, knew that, he actually even knew it in advance. He'd lost hope uh, of being healed. He'd been, he'd been sick for 38 years, and, uh, and when Jesus asked him whether he wanted to get well, he didn't answer that question, did he? He just said, there's nothing that can be done. Um, but it did happen. And so the fact that it did happen was a sign. And in fact, this was, for the most part, an unexpected sign. Um, now, after it happened, uh, perhaps it just helps to say this, Jesus uh, followed up. He did some things. The very first thing he did was disappear. He says, doesn't he, he slipped away into the crowd. Um, and that's because he wanted it to be a sign. He didn't want it to be traffic cones steering this guy into a different lane. He wanted him to think about it. That is the way Jesus works. Um, he met the man later, and he told him to stop sinning or something worse would happen. Uh, that's important. We will come back to that. And he met the Jewish leaders later, and he told them that he could work on the Sabbath because God works on the Sabbath. And um, so that's what Jesus did afterwards. Now, this created some reactions. The Jewish leaders were outraged. Um, they were outraged initially because they had this law about the Sabbath, and they thought a man carrying a mat around was breaking that law about the Sabbath. And they were outraged later because they believe, rightly, really, that God is one God, and that what Jesus said made him sound making himself out to be God as well. There's no doubt that that's what Jesus meant. And they got it, and they were outraged. Um, the man, what was his reaction? Well, uh, the uh, intended and desired reaction was that he walked off, and he did that. Um, but there is some amazing... Uh, his reaction is, if anything, even more amazing than that of the Jewish leaders. He didn't say thank you. Um, in fact, uh, he, he took no trouble uh, to find Jesus. Uh, even after 38 years of being paralyzed, he's being healed, and he doesn't say thank you, and he doesn't take out any trouble to find out who Jesus was um, or where he was. And in fact, when he did find out, he landed Jesus in more trouble by reporting him to the authorities. It's a very strange reaction, but that's what we have here. There's another reaction. Uh, Jesus' disciple John 
was also there, and he was impressed. Uh, we don't get that in the text. We get that by the fact that the text is there at all. Um, and uh, you know, it convinced John, or perhaps it reassured him, about who Jesus was. And uh, so much so that uh, he decided, as I say, to put this in, in his book when he later wrote up about Jesus' life. So what I want to ask is, what does this sign mean? And how um, will you react? Well, the very first thing is that it shows that there is more to life than we usually see. So every miracle in the Bible shows us that, that there is more to life than we usually see. Maybe you are sceptical. Maybe you don't believe in God. Uh, maybe you um, discount these uh, miracles in the Bible. Um, uh, and maybe, you, you know, in, in your day-to-day -day life, the world for you is what you see, uh, is what you experience, it's the things and the people around you, and you know you've got a few years, a few decades to enjoy that, and that's that. Maybe that's your view, there's nothing beyond. Well, these signs in John's Gospel, they take us beyond that. They challenge that view. They say there's something more. Um, and uh, I, I think if you are... Um, uh, you know, if that is your position, I'd, I'd urge you to think about that. And if you think, well, you know, this was just written in a book, and uh, you know, that's this, these, uh, uh, that short reading that Ian read is the, the only evidence we've got for it. Well, I would say, don't start there. Then start at uh, the resurrection of Christ. That goes into history. That goes mainstream history recorded elsewhere. That changed the world. Start there. Um, and so, uh, this is a sign that there is. Um, there is more to this world than immediately meets the eye. It's a sign also that Jesus gives hope even in apparently hopeless situations. Um, this man had lost all hope, hadn't he? Um, and that can happen to us. Um, maybe when we're sick. Um, maybe when we're getting old. Um, Maybe when we have money problems. Maybe if we're fleeing from war or injustice. Um, or maybe we're just worried about things. And we can lose hope. Well, Jesus cares. Um, he cares about these things. And even if he doesn't always immediately heal them, he does care. He healed this man, but he, he doesn't always. But even if he doesn't, he, he cares. Um, he cares about human suffering because he was a man. Um, he knew human suffering. Uh, he himself grew up as a refugee. He never had certainly a lot of money, and he never had privilege. Um, from the beginning of his life in an animal's feeding trough, throughout his life and to the end, he never had any privilege. Um, and he died in agonizing and premature death. Um, Jesus knows the human condition and he cares about people who are suffering. Um, he showed uh, care, he showed that care and compassion by, all the, by healing all kinds of people in his ministry on earth. You look at the Bible accounts, you'll see not just a man like this one, you'll see men and women, you'll see boys and girls, you'll see rich people, you'll see poor people, you'll see religious people, you see people with no religion at all. Um, 
he cared and he put that care into, translated that care uh, into action. And so it makes sense for us to pray too now that Jesus will heal, um, that he will bring peace, uh, and that he will provide for us the things that we need. But our deepest needs um, is to be sorted with God, isn't it? He told this man to stop sinning, and that points uh, to a deeper need that we have. We, we have to sort out our sin, and we are all going to die, even if we live a, you know, a tranquil and, 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 and pleasant life. We are all going to die, and we need an answer to the questions that that uh, raises. And he does provide for us in those deepest needs. So the story today doesn't really go very deep into that. As I say, it's a sign. It points to the fact that Jesus does address and meet our deepest needs. Um, The next thing it uh, says is that Jesus is God. Um, For many people, this uh, may have been an unexpected sign. But to others... um, Perhaps it was a reassuring sign uh, for us today, um, and certainly for the Jewish people of Jesus' own time. They believed that um, God was strong and powerful, and that he was loving, and that he cares about sin and righteousness. And what do we get here? We get Jesus showing that he's powerful by healing this man. We get him showing that he cares also by healing this man. And we get him caring about sin and righteousness by the comments that he had afterwards. And so that should be, for us, um, an expected sign. It should be like that uh, sign uh, on the Amersham Road that says, now you're in Chesham. Um, We've arrived. We don't need to go on to Berkhamstead. Um, We don't need to go looking any further. Uh, Maybe maybe some some of us have, have done that. We've tried looking further and then come back I hope we have Uh, it's good to have that reassurance that Jesus is the one Um, I'm going to tell two stories to bring this to a close Um, some of you may have heard the first one so there was a man who went to a uh, a healing service faith healing service and he uh, walked in the back door of the church walk to the front and the pastor is there and the pastor said uh, my friend what can, uh, how, can, how can we help you he says well I want you to pray for my hearing okay so he prays and at the end he looks up and says um, has that helped your hearing and everyone's expectant and you can hear a pin drop in a congregation and the man says I'm not sure ah so why are you not sure he says, well, my hearing's at the magistrate's court next Thursday. <laughs> so, before I explain why I told that story, let me just reassure all of you that we do actually care uh, about um, your sense of hearing. Um, we have an induction loop here that, uh, uh, that helps with that, and we'll, we'll pray for you, and if we can do anything else practical, we'll, we'll certainly do that. Another thing I'll say is that in our ministry of uh, Christians Against Poverty, where we want to relieve people from the stress of really overwhelming debts, we do pray for magistrates' hearings. Um, we pray that uh, 
Um, those hearings will give people who really want to sort themselves out the space to do so, and we rejoice when those prayers are answered. But, um, but the point of this story, and really the point of, one of the points of this sign here in the Bible, is that we all face a hearing eventually one day, a hearing with God. And um, we need to be ready for that hearing. Um, its consequences will be much longer lasting than um, the 38 years that this, uh, this man had suffered. And so, um, you know, whether we are what you might call fortunate or not fortunate in, in our circumstances here, we do need to be ready uh, for that hearing. And so Jesus told this man to sort himself out uh, and to stop sinning, uh, lest the worst thing uh, happen to him. Now maybe I, you might expect me to develop that a bit more, but I'm going to tell another story, and I'm pretty sure you haven't heard this one. Um, my dad uh, grew up in Boroughbridge, a village in North Yorkshire, and he learned to swim by uh, uh, basically um, splashing around in the rivers there. Um, Imagine that town with the word bridge in its name has some rivers. So he learned to swim in those rivers. And um, when he was eight years old, uh, he had a, uh, an accident. He got into trouble and he got sucked down into the waters and there was no way that by himself he could have got up from that. So a man who was nearby dived in and rescued him. And he settled my dad and then he took him home, and there's my grandma. Granddad's out in the shipyards in Newcastle during, this was 1944. Um, and my dad's got, uh, you know, uh, well, my grandma had, he, he, my dad was one of four. So my grandma is uh, uh, you know, shocked and relieved. Um, now I think that my dad sort of, you know, from his point of view, this was just one of those things that happened when you're a kid and you, know, you may have forgotten about it. But many years later, the man whose name I, uh, I didn't pick up, the, the man died. And his family were sorting out his house and they found in his possessions a thank you note. You know, I, I crack up and I... <laughs> You're going to find out why in a minute. I crack up when I even think about this story. Let alone when I try and tell it. In this thank you note, um, there was a ten shilling note. Ten bob, 50p. That was a lot of money for my grandma at the time. And this man never spent it. You can imagine why not. I don't know whether he was rich or poor, but you can imagine. So, my grandma said thank you. She said thank you. This man in this story didn't say thank you. It's when somebody is kind to you, it's rude, isn't it, not to say thank you. When somebody's spectacularly kind to you it is spectacularly rude not to say thank you 
Um, and that's what this man didn't do. So um, I find that more puzzling, actually, than the reaction of the Jewish leaders. Um, they had thought through their position. They weren't prepared for a surprise, but they were at least, you know, kind of reasonable in their starting points. This is just spectacularly rude. Um, and uh, um, uh, for this for this man not to say thank you. Um, it's possible, of course, that Jesus slipped away so quickly that he didn't have time. Uh, you can imagine him sort of pacing around like you pace around in a shoe shop when you're putting on some new shoes, just worth testing whether he could walk. And by the time he got back again, Jesus has disappeared. Um, but then he did have a second chance, didn't he? And as I said earlier, he, he used that second chance to... Um, well, he didn't say thank you. In fact, if anything, he got Jesus into a, a deeper... Uh, you know, he, he, he acted against Jesus rather than for him. Many of you will know, and I'm certainly looking forward to the man born blind, uh, the story of the man born blind who was also healed, uh, chapter 9 of John's Gospel. He did say thank you. Such a contrast. Uh, but this man didn't. And what I want to put to you is not saying thank you is actually the worst sin. If you, um, and I'll, I'll give you some reasons uh, for that. You're probably familiar with the, some of you at least, with the arguments that Paul makes in the first, in, in his letter to the Roman Christians. He says the world is, has fallen into sin. And he says in chapter one, verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. And if you follow his argument, it's pivotal. That verse is, the, is, is where it turns. He says they should have known, they, they had evidence to know that God has made this world around him, but they didn't give him thanks. And everything else from there, you, you a whole list of sins, some of which um, we may feel more strongly about than others, but actually they're all sins. But you know what? They are all details on the fact that they didn't start by giving God thanks. It is the worst sin. So again, if you're surprised at, at, at why Jesus said to this man, stop sinning, what, what, we don't know what, uh, um, what the sin was that he told him to stop doing. Or do we? Was it, was, it, was it just this very simple thing that he hadn't even thought to give thanks to God for his, the remarkable power that had given him a new life? Um, every other sin flows from that. It, it, to not say thank you is, is to turn away, isn't it? So everything else that we do, we do after we've turned away. It's the not saying thank you that's the turning, literally the turning point. The second thing that I want to say about this from, from that story is that um, I'm risking cracking up again. My grandma's thanks were beautiful but they were actually off target. She, this 10 bob note, 50p, which as I say was a lot of money at that time and a lot of money for her um, that, that she could hardly afford. Um, it, was a, it was a beautiful thing to do, um, but it was off target. Um, 
Um, and what I want to say is we can be like this with God. God has no use for ten bob. Um, obviously not in money, but the way that we, uh, you know, we can, we can try and give God ten bob in other ways, can't we? We can make vows. Uh, we, can, we can do things. Uh, we can just uh, uh, vow to do something and, or, or to just to be a good person. Well, if there is any debt to pay to God, um, it was paid on the cross. Um, Jesus Christ paid it in full. He could afford it. And um, it did uh, pay off uh, any debt that we might owe in a way that we never could. But the other thing to say is that God doesn't need that ten bob from us. He doesn't need it. Uh, he may be very he is happy when we uh, live um, uh, when we walk in fellowship with him but he doesn't need us to offer him stuff um, and so if we try to give thanks like that our thanks will be off target too um, what God wants from us what he does want from us um, is thankful lives not so, sorry thankful lives not just saying thanks once, um, uh, yo, timing, you know, not just saying thanks once, but actually feeling it, uh, acting on it in everything that we do. Um, um, and certainly there's another way to say thanks, which is almost to, to be fearful in case we're not being thankful enough. Uh, I, I expect some of us have felt that in various delicate situations in our lives. Um, but that shouldn't be that way with God, that we, that, we, that we have to be sort of sufficiently thankful uh, and in fear. No, no. Being thankful to God is, uh, um, is, is much better than that. It's a sh sign of our love to him, and we are happy to do that because we know that he loves us. It's not something to be done in fear. If you think about it, um, faith uh, and love and praise all flow from thanks. I said that sin flows from not giving thanks. The whole Christian life, you could say, flows from actually giving thanks. Um, faith flows from giving thanks because we actually have to be uh, <laughs> convinced uh, to believe that God is there and that he gave us the things that we're being thankful for. So we are expressing our faith, aren't we, by, by saying thanks to God. Um, we are expressing our love. This isn't a thanks of fear. This is a thanks of love. Because, um, yeah, it's a, it's a genuine thanks. It's not just an attempt to pay off a debt. And, um, and, and thanks is the beginning of praise, isn't it? I think praise is a mixture of thanks and wonder. It's got to have thanks in it, though, hasn't it? Um, and um, yeah, because we, you know, praise is about uh, appreciating the things that we are thanking God for. So being thankful um, is fundamental. And I do worry about this man because there is no record. This is all that we know about this man that Ian just read to us. Um, there's no record that he was thankful. I'd say if you want to do a health check, uh, in your Christian life, um, with just one question, um, 
You could do worse than this question. Am I thankful to God? Let me uh, bring it to a close there. So um, this healing was a sign. Uh, it was something special. Um, it points us to God uh, through Jesus, through his power to heal, um, through his compassion uh, for people who were sick or suffering, and through his desire for us to deal with our sin. So how will we react? Um, I hope that we'll follow the sign. Um, I hope we'll check out the facts, uh, even if they challenge uh, fixed ideas that we may have had for a long time. Uh, I hope we'll see that Jesus does help us with our deepest needs. Uh, <coughs> even if uh, our circumstances are difficult. Um, I hope we'll see that Jesus reassuringly meets our expectations of who God um, is. And, um, and when we see all that, uh, I hope that we'll be thankful. Amen.